This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, the Eagles lost to the Patriots yesterday at the link 17-10. I thought it was a very winnable game. I thought the Eagles probably should have won considering how well the defense played against Tom Brady. But I got the Hall of Famer Ray Didinger to break it down further from WIP and NBC Sports Philadelphia. Ray, good morning. I, I felt that the Eagles really missed out on an opportunity there, even though the offense didn't play well. What do you think? I agree. I mean, they certainly had a great opportunity here. I mean, anytime you're playing in your home stadium against the Patriots and you hold Tom Brady without a touchdown pass, you should win. <laughs> uh, and uh, and that's what the Eagles did yesterday. I mean, full credit to the defense who played really well. Full credit to Jim Schwartz, who I thought came up with a really good defensive game plan and had Tom Brady off balance, which is not an easy thing to do. Um, but the offense just couldn't sustain. Uh, I thought the play calling was... Not very good. Uh, the quarterback, I thought, was inaccurate at times when he really needed to be accurate. And once again, the, uh, the receiver core offered him no help whatsoever. And then you lose Lane Johnson uh, in the middle of the game. And the combination of all those things just left the offense solid nowhere. So you're in a position where you're up 10 nothing at home on the Patriots and you let it get away. So let's start with the play calling. Um, they were running the ball pretty effectively in the in the at least in the first quarter, at least to the point where they got a ten nothing lead, which was early in the second quarter. And I know the Patriots are going to make an adjustment at halftime, which they clearly did. But why did Doug go away from the running game? Um, that's that to me is is the really big question about this because you knew going into this game in your preparation, and you had two weeks to prepare. By the way. Um, that the one matchup that favored you on paper was your offensive line against their defensive front. Um, the Patriots have not been a very good team stopping the run all year. It's really, the, it's really their only weakness. Uh, and you were set up with your offensive line being really good, uh, and the fact that over the last two weeks uh, when you played against Buffalo and against Chicago, the Eagles had rushed for more yards than any team in the NFL. So game plan preparation should have been pretty easy. Look, we're going to come out and we're going to we're going to attack their run defense, and we're going to keep running until they stop it. Uh, and in the first half, the Eagles did a pretty good job. I mean, they averaged about 4.6 yards per carry in the first half. They got out to a 10 nothing lead uh, and really kind of had control of the game and had control of the line of scrimmage. But then in the second half, they came out, and um, Doug just uh, sort of his play calling, I just thought, went off the rails. And when the one thing you have, the, the, the great strength of the Patriots, if they, if they have a strength on defense, and they are the number one defense in the league, is they have a really good secondary. They're really hard to throw against. And the Eagles, we all know, going into this game, had almost no receivers. I mean, their receivers core, other than their tight ends, the receivers were offering them nothing. Uh, and you lose Alshon Jeffrey on top of that. So why you would draw up a game plan and call plays where you're going to be throwing the ball 40 times with your receivers working against that defense, to me, is borderline suicidal. And the deeper and deeper and deeper they got into the passing game in the second half, the more and more the game got away from them. And, you know, Wentz could have been better, but I think the play calling was probably the greatest fault here. And the, and the wide receiver core, how much of it is, in, is it on Howie Roseman 
and his personnel staff. And I and I and I get it. Alshon's injured. Deshaun is done for the regular season. Maybe you know if they don't if they make the playoffs, who knows if he'll be ready for the playoffs. I, I get it. You're missing your two top wide receivers. But at 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 the same time, how much of it is on Howie Roseman for the fact that they don't have enough enough depth and talent beneath those guys, and the fact that Nelson Aguilar in year four, five, I think year five, hasn't been able to produce at, at the level that people expect him to produce at. What does that say about the front office that there are no wide receivers right now on this team? Well, you look at what you look at where you are with your wide receiver core, yeah, and it's. Uh... It's bad. I mean, it's the best. It's the worst in the league right now. That's the worst receiver core situation you got. I mean, your best receiver, your best receiver is your number one tight end. Your second best receiver is your number two tight end. Uh, you're getting very little from the guys outside. And in today's NFL, you just can't win that way. And that's what the Eagles are up against. Now, it's it's interesting when you think back to what we thought this team was going to be at the beginning of the season. One of the things that we, I think, I, I, look, I certainly said it, and I wasn't alone in saying it, was we thought this was going to be a really explosive offense. You know, adding adding Jordan Howard, adding Miles Sanders, adding Deshaun Jackson, um, adding J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who came out of Stanford as a very highly rated player, adding those guys to, to Jeffrey and Aguilar and Ertz, guys that already won a Super Bowl, and you're figuring Wentz coming back into another year healthy, ready to go, I mean, I really thought that this was going to be a top three offense in the NFL. I really did. I thought that this was a team that could average 28, 29, maybe even 30 points a game. Um, and, you know, the loss of Deshaun Jackson really changed everything. I mean, that, uh, that taking away that deep threat really, really hurt them. And then you combine that with the fact that Alshon Jeffrey, I think, has struggled with injuries all year. And even though he's making some catches, he's not getting any yards. And Nelson Aguilar, sadly is sort of back to the guy he was in 2016 where he's just sort of playing with no confidence and not making big plays when you meet him, make him in the clutch. And as a result, the whole offense is bogged down. And, you know, everybody's kind of sort of ripping the quarterback and blaming the quarterback. And I'm not going to tell you he's played great, but he hasn't had a whole lot of help either. No, no, he hasn't. Should Aguilar have made that catch, that fourth down catch with, with less than two minutes to go, the second to last drive in the fourth quarter? I think it's... It was. It's a tough catch. It's a tough catch. I, I, everybody, everybody's. A lot of people are referring to it as a drop, and I guess it's maybe a drop in the sense that it hit, it hit him in the hands. But it's you know it's an over the shoulder catch on a windy day with a defender kind of right on his back. It's a tough catch, but it's a catch in the NFL. If you're if you're a top flight NFL receiver, you're probably going to come down with that ball. So, and Nelson Aguilar, given the kind of season he's had and the kind of run that he's on, and the problems that he's having tracking balls and catching balls and holding on to balls it's it's unlikely that he's the guy that's going to come down with it was it catchable yeah are there receivers in the league that could have come down with it probably would have but not nelson aguilar and not this year great uh, switching gears to um to to a much sadder topic um this this news came down during the game last night that that long time and legendary inquirer col- columnist bill lyon passed away at 81 after a long battle with Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. Uh, you spoke a little bit about him on the NBC Sports Philadelphia postgame show last night. What was your reaction to the news? Very sad. Um, but, I, you know, we all knew, because Bill had written about it. Bill, we all knew that Bill was fighting Alzheimer's and had been for a number of years. Um, and actually wrote a series of articles about Alzheimer's while he had Alzheimer's. Uh, that's, I mean, that's how brilliant a writer he is, that he was able to actually do that. Um, so uh, we knew he was ill, uh, and 
it's it's very it's very sad because I feel like I you know I mean I lost a really good friend. I mean it was. I mean, back in the '70s and the '80s, Bill came to town. Came from the Midwest. He came from Illinois, uh, and he came relocated in Philadelphia in '72. Um, but he became a Philadelphian through and through. Uh, I mean, he assimilated into the community. He loved Philadelphia. Uh, he fully immersed himself in the sports culture of this city, uh, and he became a true Philadelphia guy. Uh, and he was one of the go-to guys that Philadelphia sports fans went to on the day after a big game because they wanted to see what Bill Lyon had to say about it. I mean, he was that good. Um, we never worked on the same staff. We always kind of worked against each other. But it never felt like we were competitors. I mean, I know we were, but, I mean, he was such a good guy, and he was such a gentleman, and he was such fun to travel with that, uh, I mean, everybody liked him. And uh, in a business that can be tough and very competitive and not real friendly in a lot of ways, I mean, Bill had nothing but friends, and he had the full respect of everybody he worked with and worked against. And I just thought the world of him. I mean, he was he was a great writer. I never saw anybody who could write so well and write so fast. I don't know how he did it, but he just had a gift. And it's a wonderful thing for the sports community of Philadelphia that he shared that gift with us for as long as he did. Well said, Ray. It's a tremendous loss. Ray, I appreciate the time as always. Football insight and insight into other things. Thank you. Uh, we will talk on Friday morning to preview Eagles against the Seahawks, another tough game. It will be another tough game. You're right, Dave. Talk to you then. Talk to you then. Hall of Famer Ray Dininger of WIP and NBC Sports Philadelphia. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.